Welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> back to the Crash the Pond podcast. Uh, it has been a journey for me the last three weeks being away from the show. Did you guys miss us? Credit to Jake and what, Mike. What, what do you want to talk about? For, uh, for holding down the fort. But we are back in your lives and oh boy, ha- have the wheels fallen off the wagon or whatever the expression is. But I'm happy to be back. I'm actually... I've, I'm feeling the energy flowing back into me right now. This is great. Same, same. I was actually pretty exhausted before we started. Yeah. And now that the camera's on, now that I see the comments, now that it's we're yeah. going, this the energy's right. back, the beer's flowing in me. It, it's a good time. I'm excited. This is probably going to be a really fun episode because, <laughs> I mean, I'll just let everyone know. It Everyone knows this. It's been a complete shit show for the Ducks this yes. past week. I like what was it? Friday they lost six to one. Monday they lost three nothing. Yesterday they lost seven nothing. It's been a ten to nothing over the last two games. They lost ten to nothing in the heart of hockey in in Toronto and and then Ottawa. Like it's a shit show. There's not I think a whole lot we can say about this team that we haven't said already, right? Like it, I feel like at this point it would be a repetitive drum, which we're probably gonna do anyways. Yeah. But so we're gonna do a little bit different this episode. We, we we always end the episode with questions. We do all that type of stuff, but we kind of keep it quick, keep it short with our answers, things like that. Well, we put in our Discord, give us questions, let, and kind of we want to see how many we get. Maybe we just do that. Then you also decided to go to Twitter. Yeah. And just let's just say rev it ev- up. everyone came through, and oh boy, we have a lot of questions, a lot of topics, and we're just going to kind of make this a Q&A mailbag type episode and have a good time. Yeah, we're we're like we we threw this to the people and the people delivered. We're doing this for you guys. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a rough go of it for the Ducks. They still are sitting on one regulation win, which is just just unbelievable. Thirty games into the season to only have one. Uh, I'm glad that we're back, and I'm glad that we're gonna that people really came through the, with these questions. Can- can I just say something real quick? You put out a great article today. Everyone should go oh, check it out on the, at the Sporting Tribune. And, and you kind of mentioned this, that this is on pace to be the worst points percentage season by a massive margin. Like by by, by 10%. And <laughs> this is something I keep harping on because it just makes me laugh so hard. This is a team that came into the league, a franchise that came into the league when there were still ties. Yeah. Like if the, and like to put that in perspective, if there were still ties in this league, and for those that don't remember, because I think Duncan and I were having a brief conversation trying to, about kind of how it was, the way that it used to work was regulation win or a win was two points, a tie was one point for every team, and then a loss was no points. I'd argue that's actually the more fair way to divvy up points because every game is worth two points then, not like it is now, but mm-hmm. that's a whole nother point. So if that were the case, though, the Ducks would only have one win instead of seven wins. So they would have six less points. Um, so they would have 11 points in 30 games. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's easier to get points now yeah. than it was back then. Yeah. And so to have this low of a points percentage is embarrassing. Like, like yeah. that is, it just twists the knife even further. I really think though that in part, and this is something that we've seen with Dallas Aikens over the years, this team plays for overtime. Like they... Mm-hmm. And, and that's what has been driving me nuts about this season is that why are, why are we still here, especially now when, I mean, for, you know, standings don't matter anymore, very clearly. No, no they don't. What is the point of playing for the point? 
Like, what mm-hmm. is the actual like play to get the two points? Play, play to just play a free flowing game to win. Don't worry about you know squeezing out a point in the standings. Yeah, and, and you referred to the article, and that's what I was trying to say is like, that's my biggest issue with Aikens at this moment in time. There are other issues, but at this moment, it's like, just throw caution in the wind. It doesn't like your doesn't job. Matter. Is, your job is clearly safe. <laughs> like, like it, it's clear. Like to me, it's it, you can't be this bad and still be employed and not have some sort of job security. So start playing like like have some fun with it like give us something to to watch here instead of these games where you're trying to eke out a point although lately when you're down five nothing seven nothing you're not getting that point anyway so very frustrating from an entertainment perspective yeah uh okay we have a lot of questions to get through and only so much time to get through them so we might as well just get rocking and rolling here should we start with discord yeah, we're going to start with Discord. We'll get to, to Twitter and then Twitch and uh, YouTube. Let's just do this. As we kind of go along, if you throw in questions, I'll kind of pop them in. So for anyone out there watching on those platforms, just let us know as you've got them. But we're just going to go through questions and have a good time here. And uh, yep. yeah, so we have some old Discord questions dating back to because <laughs> we didn't record last week. Nope. And so I think we have one dating back to... The fourth is the oldest one. Oh my gosh. And, and so Plant Wrench had asked, what type of strategy changes would you want to see to unlock John Klingberg more? Oof. Okay. Here was my question. Is John like is John Klingberg's issue that he's being held down? Or is it that the way that they're being asked to play is making it that he's having to defend so much that like, I guess I don't think Dallas Aikens is holding John Klingberg back offensively in the sense that he's preaching a style that limits offense. I think it's just by virtue of being so bad defensively and having to defend so often, we just don't really get to see John Klingberg at his best. If that yeah, makes sense. I, I think that's a very fair point. I think a lot of it comes down, down to essentially the defensive zone structure and just how yes. everything looks lost in the defensive zone. And what does John Klingberg do best? Transition the puck. Yep. And if he doesn't have someone to help him out as in his own zone, whether it's his own partner or I know the D gets a lot of flack from the general public just because you see bad defense, you think defenders are bad. Well, yeah. it's a five-man unit out there. It comes down to the center. It comes down to the wingers. It comes down to all of it working together in unison. Um, you don't just defend in two-man groups. You defend in five-man groups. Yeah. And I think that there needs to be a much better system in place with guys working with each other and trusting each other that can allow Klingberg to have the puck and get the puck out in transition, make some passes. The thing that I personally think that actually would unlock him more is I think he's taking some bad shots. I think he's forcing it a lot in the offensive zone. And one of the things that he did really well, and you listen to a lot of people that talk about his time in Dallas, was that he was able to really get his shot through in a way that Joe Pavelski specifically was able to tip and get some tip shots from high. And that's one way where I know you and I, neither you nor I are big on point shots in general. But if you have a guy there and you're aiming for his stick to redirect that shot, that's one way to make it a very dangerous uh, shot with the redirection on it. And I think either the forwards aren't getting into positions to do that or Klingberg is feeling a bit of pressure because he's just not in the offensive zone and he's not taking the right shot in those situations. And it's funny, you look at a lot of the times when Klingberg gets exposed 
really badly in transition defensively, it's because it's a shot that he takes that goes into a defender's shin and comes back the other way. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that he is feeling that pressure to get points. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot on the line for him this season, and I think that you're you're seeing that with him. And to your point about the tips, uh, if you look at Corey Schneider's tracking data last season, uh, John Klingberg, in terms of just compared to league average, was well above league average in terms of deflection assists. So he's getting, so even though we harp on point shots a lot, he gets them through and he gets, and clearly guys are able to deflect them. And it's not only Joe Pavelski that's that's out there doing that, or that true, was doing true. that. Yeah. So that is a fair point. And I think that maybe there's something there, but I think just right now he's got to be defending less because when he is in the offensive zone, you look at his isolated impact according to Micah McCurdy's model. And like, he's in the positive. It's just that he's defending so damn much. He's in the positive when he's there. He's just not there enough. Exactly. Exactly. It's the whole concept, right? Of kind of, I forgot who was the coach that had the quote, but basically if you have a guy that's considered a good defender, but he's stuck in his own zone the whole entire time, that's not actually going to do you anything as compared to the guy that's more so considered a poor defender, but he's never in his own zone. Yeah, And that's the much better concept. And I think right now we're seeing a guy that is actually impactful in the offensive zone, but just cannot be on the ice with the puck out of his zone enough to make that useful. Yeah. And and I mean, the whole Ducks transition structure is a mess, which we can get into, but we want to stay on track here. So we should probably move to the next question. And like I said, I'm going to filter in Twitch questions as they come, YouTube questions as they come. We just got one from NJ Devils fan 68. Okay. Which is with the Ducks GM at both Oilers games, is there a trade potentially in the works? Oh well, so I think we have other we have other questions. You want to say okay? Well, well, no, okay. I mean, I, we, I just wanted to at least give NJ Devils fan. I want to give shout outs to the people. Yeah, there. I want to give shout outs too. I just don't want to. Let's see here. Someone asked about this. Let me just see if I can pull it up. Uh, okay, someone Brian on Twitter asked about this because it was tweeted out that Paverbeek was watching the Oilers, and he said, any guess on who Pat could be scouting? So I think that's same question, but just yep. wanting to shout. Yep. Uh, well, everyone's saying UC, yeah, or UC, Jesse Pugliarvi. Yeah. Um, so is it him? I don't know. I mean, I pray just for Jesse Pugliarvi's sake that it is because, man, I want that guy out of Edmonton. He surely. needs to get out of there. He, yeah. Here's the question I have when it comes to Jesse Pugliarvi because I think – you look at his quotes, you look at everything like that. It's obviously really a sad situation. It's just with depressing. Him. Yeah, it's very depressing. He's a guy that, even though the goals aren't going in, you look at his isolated impacts, and the finishing is not there, but he's a guy that really helps drive play and is a very, very useful player and honestly someone the Ducks could really, really use. He's having right a now. great season at 5-on-5 five five like, so far. Yeah, this is someone the Ducks could really use. But here's kind of where I'm at with it and what I'm trying to figure out. What would the Oilers want in return for a Jesse Puyarvi? I don't think they're in a situation where they would trade him for picks because this is a team that's supposed to be contending right now. They would probably want to get something back because they're essentially removing a player that is useful for them. Like, regardless of how the media treats him, regardless of how they feel about him, he is still a useful player for for them yeah. that you are subtracting from your lineup. So yeah. I, I think it would have to be someone from the Ducks roster that would go. I, I think it would be a hockey trade. I yeah. don't think that you're getting, like a second round pick or whatever. No. I I mean, I think that this connection has just been made because of the timing, but mm-hmm. given the fact that Verbeek was in Edmonton, I think it was the night that they were playing Ottawa or, or Toronto, or whatever. 
and then Max Jones gets pulled out in warmups, but I think it was actually because he was injured. But I could see the Oilers galaxy braining themselves into trading Pugliarvi for Max Jones. And maybe you throw in like, you know, a, a low grade prospect or something, but I could see that because I don't, oh, yeah. tr- I don't trust that the Oilers are like that savvy about all of this. Yep. And I think that if you like, let's say that it were Max Jones for Jesse Pugliarvi, like that is a great trade because even though Pugliarvi, you know, doesn't look to be like a true offensive, you know, playmaker, or I guess like a guy who's going to produce the Ducks need players like him who just help drive play. Max yep. Jones has never done that in mm-hmm. his time in Anaheim. And like, he's going to be 25 and not too long. Like play RV's younger. Yeah. Pull RV slightly younger. And the thing with Jones is like, if, if he's not that by now, like he probably isn't going to be that. Um, so yeah, I think pull might be the guy that they're scouting. Um, I don't really see anyone else making a bunch of sense from the Oilers roster. Like, it's clearly not going to be any of their bigger names. I don't think any of those guys are available. And then you go down the list. The Oilers are a team that's trying to win this year. So I don't, I think Pugliarvi is the name that makes the most sense. Yep. Yep. It's not, it's uh, not Devin Shore. No, <laughs> not at all. And NJ Devil Sand chimed and says he was listening to Oilers, Oilers Nation and they brought up Jones or Terry. Terry, that's a laughable thing. Jones would make sense. Well, I mean, if, if the, if the Edmonton Oilers want, uh, Troy Terry, I mean, that's fine, but it's going to cost you, you know, something. I mean, it's 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 not going to be for Jesse Pugliarvi straight up. That is for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. keep going through Discord because that was about 10 minutes on the first question. So yeah. we're, on, we're on pace to really we're, go through we're this. We're really, really staying uh, true yeah. to our long-winded nature. Yeah. Uh, Shaken Wings uh, said, do you think after listening to the Beaker, also you haven't commented on that, but you can add that right now. Do you think that Verbeek is more about size and grit than skill? So there was a lot of hand wringing about Pat Verbeek saying everybody, every prospect's height before, unless they were Olin Zellweger um, on the Beaker. I honestly don't really put that much stock into it. I feel like he knows it's a podcast that's meant to communicate to fans. And at the end of the day, like that's just a point of reference. It's just to give fans who may have never seen this guy play just some kind of idea of what he is. I really don't put, I, I wouldn't use that to make the argument. I think no. the argument you could make is that he drafted all these guys and clearly there was a bend for size, but I mean, all the picks that, I mean, we were, we were pretty high on pretty much every pick that the ducks made last draft. So like size isn't us is not this like bad thing as long as the player is good. So, yep. Yep, exactly. No, no issues on, on my um, Bastardo Verde said, what would you guess are the favorite ice creams of Trevor Zegers, Jack Kopaka, Troy Terry, and Derek Grant? Okay. Trevor Zegers has to be a mint chocolate chip guy. Oh, great call. Great call. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying like that. It just, it's, it's painted all over his face. Uh, Troy Terry, I could see him being a cookie dough guy, chocolate chip cookie dough. I think that that's in play for him. Jack Opaka, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna go there. And then, who was the who was the fourth guy? Derek Grant. Derek Grant. You know, I think strawberry, strawberry ice cream for Derek Grant. Okay, Trevor Zegers, I think yeah, mint chocolate chip, great call. Uh, Jack Opaka, let let's just go with vanilla. Can you can you? 
Can you afford ice cream when you're in the ECHL? He, just vanilla. Troy Terry. <laughs> Troy Terry. I said cookie dough. I, I stand by it. Troy Terry, I'm going to go with some sort of... Uh, he he's a he's a very classy classy boy classy man <laughs> he's gonna be a dad so a yeah classy come man. on <laughs> um and he he goes to coldstone and gets the founder's favorite oh wh- which one is that one again it's the one that's like the sweet cream ice cream with like walnuts caramel it, it's so good <laughs> okay and Derek grant i said strawberry he seems like a, he seems like a you know a, a, a like fruity ice cream type Derek Grant is Rainbow Sherbert. Okay. Okay. Let's go All with right. that. Uh, we have questions in YouTube. Uh, Liam Par- uh, Parsakian, apologies if I mispronounced that, your last name. What will the Ducks' top six D-men and top six forwards for the 2025 <laughs> and 2026 season How many like? seasons is that from now? Two, I, I have three? no idea, but let's just do this. Just, just, just take a guess. Take, take a guess without thinking. Okay. Olin Zellweger. Is Camp Fowler still under contract then? Okay, Cam Fowler, Olin Zellweger, Pavel Menchukov, uh Tyson Hines, uh, Tristan Leno, Henry Thrun, Tristan Leno, Noah Warren. No, I'm Tristan Leno. I think he's a bit, maybe a little bit more of a project. Wow, top six forwards. I'm gonna just agree with you to in the sake of time. Okay, and top six forwards. Um, well, Zegers McTavish down the middle. And then Troy Terry on the right side. Um, man, this is hard. Jacob Perot, um, Braden Tracy, Connor Bedard. Con- yeah, let's let's throw Connor Bedard in there for good measure. Okay. All right. Th- this is t- too too far away. All right. Back to Discord, and I see that there are more questions. We'll get to them. Uh, <laughs> the Puff said, "Do you think the Ducks get another regulation win in 2022?" Well, they play the Canadians tomorrow night, and I how many think more games do they have in twenty twenty two? They can't have that many. I, I I I say they do it. I say they do it. Regulation. I like the Canadians are like coming really hard back down to earth. So okay, let's see. The rest of the year, the Ducks play Montreal at Montreal, at Edmonton, at LA. Then they play the Wild, the Flames, the Golden Knights, and Nashville. I mean, you're not so, picking the Ducks to beat anyone right now. Like, one, I, like two, legitimately. three, four, five. Wait, one, two, three, four. To, like five, tomorrow, six. T- tomorrow. There might are be, seven games left in the in this in this uh, calendar year. For tomorrow the might be their best and only shot at winning a regulation game. There, there in, you go. In twenty in twenty twenty two. Although they What's did left? beat the Rangers. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's that, their one regulation. Honestly, win. tomorrow's tomorrow's game in the, at the Bell Center might be the most entertaining game of the season because neither team really plays any defense. There so, you go. Could be a barn burner. Uh, Johnny said, "Whose trajectory looks better long term in, uh, in five years, the Ducks or the Kings?" In five years? Yeah, about five years. I think the Ducks because, like the the problem for the Kings is that their youth movement just isn't really panning out. Like mm-hmm. they, they have, they still have a great prospect pool, but I think you need to hit on those top end talents really. Otherwise the rest doesn't matter as much. And that's just kind of how it looks for the Kings right now. Whereas for the ducks, like you can already see that McTavish and Zegris are going to be top six centers and <laughs> there may very well be another piece coming up this summer. 
So I think the Ducks are better positioned than the Kings. Yeah. All right. Mr. Kitty Meowface. Great Discord name. Uh, said, Uf- the UFAs this year are Klingberg, Shattenkirk, uh, Kulikov, Bolu, Stolars, Grant, uh, Moore, and Megna. What can the Ducks get for these players at the trade deadline? Well, Moore is nothing. They're, they No. Uh, Megna is also a nothing. Do yeah. you think... Do you think that let's just keep this simpler to to go through it a little quick? Do you think Klingberg, Shattenkirk, Kulikov, Bolu, and Stolers all can get a return? I don't think Bolu gets you anything. Like maybe a seventh round pick or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Grant could probably get you like a middle round pick, like a fifth rounder, mm-hmm. um, maybe a fourth rounder, and then Shattenkirk. I mean. How does the rest of the NHL view Kevin Shattenkirk? Because he's still, yeah, I, I think, a name. And I think he still has had points here and there. So maybe a third for Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, and then for Anthony Stolarz, goalies are, I mean, goalies are clearly very, very valuable. And if he plays well down the stretch, I think maybe a third for him. Uh I just the only guy that I think gets you into second to first round pick territory is John Klingberg. Yeah. Would would you agree with that? I would. Okay. Uh want to keep going through Discord or b- jump to YouTube or Twitch? I say we honestly just blitz through Discord. Yeah, let's just get through it. Yeah. This we're we're taking longer than I had imagined at this point. This is uh, yeah. D frenzy. I like like I said at the very beginning. We're, we got a lot of questions from people. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a different situation with each waiver claim, but should Pat have either waved a duck and picked up Tolvanen, or should he have just picked him up and never picked up Megna? Are there other pickups on the waiver wire you guys would have done? Lastly, is Pat Verbeek musing on the margins as part of a strategy, or he, is he a little incompetent? Feels like with the Sunny stuff and uh, Sunny Milano stuff and a couple of misses on the waiver wire, there's a pattern starting to be built. I tend to agree with that. I feel like you know, Paver Beak has not graded out that well on the margins. Like, I think that that's an area where I thought he'd be an improvement over Bob Murray. And so far on these margins, it's it's been kind of more of the same, just these kind of nothing moves that don't move the needle. And you could argue that in this season, does it really any of it matter? <laughs> I mean, it kind of doesn't. But at the same time, this stuff is still important. And I... I tend to agree that they should have picked up Ily Tolvin and he's a player who's at the very least better than probably half of the ducks bottom six right now. And yeah, I just, I would, I would tend to agree that that's been a weakness for Pat Verbeek. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like, that's the thing right now is that we're not talking about, like, I don't think any of these moves make a significant difference no. and, and completely I think alter Tolvin, the trajectory. Tolvin- Tolvanen would have been a good pickup, though. I think I think the idea is just that in this lost season, at least kind of trying to figure out if you can, you know, find some value on the fringes, someone that can come in and maybe you can turn them into something better. Uh, well, and that I, that and also it's just it's a peek into the process there for Verbeek. I'm still not down on him because of that because at the end of the day, again, he's probably maybe in the mindset that a lot of fans have as well which is just that well what does it matter like it, yeah. th- th- this is might just not be the season for that so i do think the point on tolvin in that i want to bring up is because we haven't talked about this i figured we'd get to it in questions and we have um because he was put on waivers and the thing is the ducks only have 12 guys on their roster or 12 forwards on their roster right now uh per cap friendly and they have eight defensemen so they still have space they would have had or they have actually sorry they're carrying three goalies 
which is why. But they could have moved stuff around to make it happen if they had wanted to. Um, I, I think the key thing on Tolvanen to, to touch on is just, I think his age is what made that such an interesting waiver pickup if they would have done it. Because yeah. he's a guy that if he does pan out, and I think that Tolvanen basically could have been a, a good middle six guy for this team maybe bottom six Which something they don't really role. have a bunch of at yeah this point in and, time. and so it would have worked out well i think maybe it's just for whatever reason verbeek didn't value him oh Who and knows? the kraken claimed him i just saw this yeah, yeah yeah of course they did yeah the kraken have actually been making some really smart moves of course they did for, yeah great <laughs> so yeah the kraken claimed him um so yeah i i think that it's a fair point that i i'm someone that i think I don't think you really judge Verbeek yet because he still hasn't been on the job for a year. It's hard to really make a judgment one way or the other. Like, he's made really good moves. I think all of his trades last deadline were great. I, I think he had the right approach over summer also. The fact that he got John Klingberg on a one-year deal. But there are also the the minuses, right, of, of not keeping Sonny Milano, of not necessarily picking up an Eli Tolvin in. And, and so there, there's pros and cons. And so I think right now I'm kind of at the same point as yeah. I've been. Um, shocking nine eleven said, uh, what's more embarrassing the ducks win total points or, uh, win, uh, total points, um, or to- that they are minus 60, go- uh, points differential in 30 games. I think that meant to be goal differential. I don't think, are they at minus 60 goal differential? Is it minus 60? That doesn't, that can't be real. Hold on. That might, that might be older. I'm not sure. Let's see. Um, they are at minus 60. Oh, my God. That is real. Yeah. <laughs> I legitimately didn't think that was real. The next worst team is minus 36. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. Um, wow. That was that was just news to me. So thank you for that. Uh, what's more embarrassing? It's got to be the, the goal differential. It's the goal differential. It's like that is uh, the actually... One, the one regulation win in 30 games is bad. But minus 60? One regulation win. 60 goal. Like, that is an insane number. One, one... I mean, 60 goals against... Or my, I guess minus 60. Minus 60. Yeah. Minus 60. Like, that, that's <laughs> losing by three goals every game if you lost every game. Oh, my gosh. Or wait. No. Two goals. Wait. Two goals. Yeah. It's it, it's bad. It's ungood. And it's not that bad losing by two. Yeah, it's not as bad. No, but the minus 60 is the bad part. Yeah. One Man. wins worse. Uh, Gerg asked, do we think the Ducks hate us? Uh, No, I don't think so. And to follow that up, CZO said, when will the pain end? Uh, Look up whenever the date is for the 2023 NHL draft. I thought you were about to say lottery. I'm like, that could be when the pain gets worse. Mm, true. Yeah. SB Bruins said biggest concern for this season is uh, the cratering value of our trade trips. Trade trade chips. Oh man. Uh, how do you think our performance has affected the value of Klingberg Gibson and pretty much anyone not named Terry Zegris McTavish and Drysdale? Well, no one's value has gone up. Yeah. And arguably maybe, maybe Henrique. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that is a good point. Adam Henrique has played really well and it's not getting any attention because this team is is minus 60 goal differential through 30 games. Uh, but he's played well. And I mean, if the ducks do want to move, move on from him at some point, move on from that contract. I mean, th- that is looking more feasible with the way he's playing. But I would also ask at this point, like 
let's say that you want to compete next year or you're going to try to be more competitive next year. Like Adam Henrique might be a, a piece to that puzzle. Yeah. So it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, not, sorry, really quickly, 91 Pluty and our our good friend Connor on Twitch said, are you, uh, is Postmaster Felix unleashing tonight? Sure. There you go. Sure. Uh, ZSteve89 said, are net negative game outcomes hindering player development and growth? So I think that this is kind of like the unanswerable question that everyone has an opinion on. I think that there's a group that will say, no, it doesn't matter. You know, these are pro athletes. They want to win. They know what they need to do and they know when they're not doing it well. And so it doesn't affect their development. And it doesn't matter anyway, because as long as you lose and as long as you get that top pick, that's what's ultimately going to change everything. And then things turn around. But I would say that that's a little incomplete because maybe it doesn't matter. But if your team is so bad and you get so beaten down that by the time you do draft like a, a top player, let's say a Connor Bedard, and there's just no absolutely zero infrastructure or foundation like that could make make it harder to then turn that corner and become a team that's ready to compete like look at the devils this year even though they were you know they haven't been a team that's been making the playoffs in previous years you could at least see signs of what they would become playing that certain way and the ducks like where is the kind of thing we that we see in their game right now that's gonna be like okay once they're good like they can they can seamlessly kind of transition into being this type of team. Yeah, and it isn't here, there, and and that's a problem. So yes, to answer the question, it is hindering development to a degree. And here's the here's the thing I've struggled with about this kind of to to add a little bit to that. I I think in years past you and I have been very staunchly pro tank because one year of pain get a good get a good draft pick can really help you in the future. Um, and while I think that can even be more elevated this year with Connor Bedard. I think the Ducks are in a very different position, though, now than they were in years past. In years past, when you and I were taking that position, the team was primarily take or er, it was veteran laden. Yeah, it was veteran laden. It was the 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 quote unquote next core that was there, the the Raquels, the Lindholms, the Fowler, that group that quite frankly did not show enough and were part of the reason that we're not able they were not able to na- take the next step, and so kind of it wasn't necessarily building upon the current core in that sense and i think that that is my concern right now is that the guys that are on this team right now are the guys that will be there when they're contending Mm -hmm. and so do you want them to have gone through this for what the third straight season for trevor zegris and and have that be the outcome for him like i think you're starting to get into some risky territory there Yeah, like I I look at a team like Buffalo where like you're just starting now to maybe see kind of like what they could end up being. And part of that is because they have more and more young talent on the roster. They're still not a good team, but at least there's kind of this like there's this semblance of what they will eventually be. But it also took them years to get there because they burned it so far down to the ground. And, you know, they just it got so toxic. And I mean, Edmonton is maybe a bit of a cautionary tale as well. Uh, Arizona, you I mean, like, I don't think these are perfect comparables to what's happening in Anaheim. And I, yeah, cause I don't think that's necessarily what Paverbeek did, but I, I no, no. It, but the point is just that when it's so bad, it makes it harder. I think to then flip the switch. Yeah. That's yep. the only point. And I think that it, that, that does let's carry see. over from the other examples. Let's see. Can we, let's try to blitz through the rest of discord and then we'll get to an ad read. 
Um, so Isaac said, is there any way to recover to not have a historically bad season? Like they've been so incredibly poor that I would, be, I would guess, I would hope slash assume that they can't get any worse. If you're in the thirties and expected goals share, I just don't know how much lower can you go? So I think at some point they're going to play better and they're going to have a string of games where they're not going to look like, you know, turd on the ice. <laughs> it's just, I would assume that's going to happen. So yes, things will get better at some point. Yeah. Optimistic. Uh, take. Jared said, uh, do you think the state of the team is hindering our upcoming RFA's willingness to resign with Anaheim? I'll, I'll jump in on this one real quick. No, there are RFAs. There's not really anything that's impactful there. Maybe with UFAs it would change, but I still think having well, a Trevor Zegers. I think that the question is still fair in the sense that once they're no longer RFAs, once they have a choice, right? Like once this yeah. kind of ball gets kicked further down the road, maybe it just becomes harder to convince those guys because of all the wear and tear they had to accumulate. Yep. Uh, Duck Shackenet said a couple of questions here. Do you think that the level of embarrassment and frustration on almost a nightly basis uh, will have any impact on Zegris and Terry's desire to remain in Anaheim long-term? Well, for Trevor Zegris, I don't... Like, it's hard to say because we just don't know. Like, we yeah. don't know where their heads are at, and we we have no idea. Um, so I don't want to speculate too much there, but I think that just given the fact that they're both RFAs, given how important they are, given how it seems like they've really taken to being the faces of this team like they're gonna they're gonna get like the ducks are gonna do everything they can to keep them and, and keep them happy so i i don't really see that being an issue yep uh let's see uh czo said what number will, Con- will Connor bedard wear it looks <laughs> like he wears 98 yeah so. what a what a funky number um, there you go 98 book it yeah uh duck shagging said question for felix only I'm feeling it like I would trade being stung by a stingray in exchange for the Ducks never being this bad ever again as long as I live. What are your thoughts? Dude, no. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to get stung by a stingray. It sucks. It does it also suck that there's a stingray that's uh tracking you on our YouTube and coming to Yeah, I really want, want to know a second bite. Who the hell is like who the hell is behind that? It's a, it's a great account. They better comment on this. You better, hope, if you're I listening. Hope, I hope they don't. Yeah, you don't want to get, like, it honestly hurts so bad. You just, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. CZO Tri- said. Like, picking, uh, picking like, something, doing that for some dumb sports thing is just not worth it. CZO said, food question, what is the ideal breakfast sandwich combo? I'll leave uh, this to you, because I don't eat breakfast sandwiches, really. Yeah, me neither at all. I also okay. don't eat breakfast, though. There you go. Don't have an answer for you. Black I'll go with coffee. the sa- sausage McGriddle. There you go. No eggs. Salmon locks bagel. Appa no more Aikens AG said, what is lasagna? Wait, I did I miss something in our Discord? He said, what is lasagna soup and why is it so amazing? That sounds awful. Next did question. I miss something in our Discord this last week? I when don't I was, know. I, I don't okay, know. Um, I don't know if I want I took to, a I, hiatus from, from all social media for a I don't know days. if I want this explained to me. I don't either. That sounds okay. Awful. Yeah, please, please don't. Shaken Wing said, "Do you think after listening to the Beaker that Verbe? Oh, uh, th- sorry, we already read that question earlier." Uh, Ducks Shagrin said, "What would the Ducks' record look like right now if Randy Carlisle was the head coach instead of Aikens? Better or the same?" Man, that is a stumper. Because <laughs> I'm, I don't I'm think gonna he- go with the same. I think yeah, I think same. I think. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say better, but. No, I won't, C- I won't do that. 
Cezio said, what would the lineup look like if known grit grinder Nick Delorier came back? I don't, I don't want to. You know how much it. safer the guys in the ice would feel? <laughs> oh, actually, by the way, this is a great. I just thought about this. Oh, Have there boy. been any incidents where any player has been targeted or, or, you know, been made in danger this season? No, but everyone would say that the team is soft and that's why they're losing because they don't have the toughness. Yeah, but I was told that when you don't have an enforcer, skill players are in danger and are going to be targeted and there's not going to be any retaliation. Has that happened happened this season? Has Zegers missed a game? I don't think so. I mean, I think there was maybe one incident at the beginning of the year. That well, no, that was in preseason. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I wonder where are all those people right now? Yeah, show their faces. Uh, Say their Ranch, names. Plant Ranch said, "In honor of Stolars, what is your favorite hot sauce?" Wait, I'm trying to remember. Did Solar say he puts hot sauce on his legs? What? I think this what happened. Kind of, in, what, kind of, in, what kind of freak shit is that? <laughs> I think Ali Lozov had an interview, or she was like saying something that yeah, he puts hot sauce on his legs before games. What what would that even do though? Is that just <laughs> I, like a is that just like a weird ritual? I don't know. Someone in our Twitch or YouTube chat, please let me know if I'm making this up. Um, oh, hot sauce is just icy hot. No, icy hot is a compound. I know, but I think that's what he's calling it. Is he's saying icy hot is a hot sauce? Okay, well, well, what's your favorite hot sauce? Um, depends on what I'm what I'm eating, but I find that the kind of most ubiquitous universal is uh, Tabasco. Tabasco hot sauce. Sriracha. Yeah, sriracha doesn't go well in everything though. Oh, that's a lie. No. So it someone who's never tried sriracha on everything. Okay. Uh, Shaken Wing said, uh, best trade in Ducks history, worst trade in Montreal's history, and what's the best trade in Montreal's history? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So worst trade in Ducks history. Best trade in Ducks history. Oh, best trade. Um, oof. Probably Niedermeyer? Whitney, Whitney, oh, no, Niedermeyer was a signing. Oh, oh, oh Pro- that's right. Probably okay. the Pronger trade then. Pronger trade, yeah. Or, or Whitney for Vishnovsky. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah, for for reasons apart, maybe from the on ice. Um, and then what was the second part? Uh, worst and best trade in Montreal's history. Uh, God, there's so many to choose from. Uh, Sergacha for Druen is looking pretty awful. There is the Patrick Waugh trade. If you want to go all the way back, pretty much almost any Mark Bergevin era trade, except for the Philip Dano trade. That's my answer. Okay. Best trade, I guess, Dano, you can say that. Uh, oh, best no, best trade. Sorry, I totally missed this layup. Best trade in recent Canadians history, which was made by Mark Bergevin, was trading Tomas Tatar to Vegas for Nick Suzuki. That, <laughs> that, worked, that worked out pretty well. Javier C. said, what do you make of Verbeek being seen? Oh, we already talked about this. So talked Javier about C., this. we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lewis X209 said, lots of chatter about uh, of what's been going on with the Ducks. Trevor Zegers looks like he's lost his smile. Dallas Higgins may have lost the locker room. Attendance is down for Ducks games. With all that being said, how does this affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> so good. He said we don't have to read it, but I still wanted to. Uh, Livin's Eli said, if the Ducks do trade for pool party, I think he meant that's Pooley about Pooley RV. Where would you put him in the lineup? Uh, middle six. Put him with Zegers and Terry. No, Henrique. Okay, fine. Put him with McTavish. 
Yeah. That's actually go. perfect. Yeah. Uh, Appa asks, is Zegris the Shawn Michaels of the NHL? Let's go with yes, and then McTavish is the Bret Hart. Okay, moving on. Uh, Skippy with peanut butter. We're almost through these, then ad read. Uh, 40 minutes in. Skippy with peanut butter said, uh, for Felix, what color stick tape should the Ducks players be favoring to try to salvage this season? You know, I think you gotta you gotta embrace the grind. You gotta not be afraid to get a little dirty. And for that, I think black tape is the answer here. Wait, what? Yeah, I, what? white tape. White tape to wait, me is, is wait, 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 wait. It's a soft choice. Can you say what you just said again in the description? In the description, you 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 gotta not be afraid to get dirty. Yeah, black tape is the. Like it pure... doesn't get dirty. You don't see puck yeah, marks on that it. That means you are afraid to get dirty though, because you're not you're afraid to like show it. No, because if you have if you, wh- have if you have white tape, then you don't want to get it dirty. No, if you have white tape, then you don't care. Everyone knows that players with white tape are softer. This is like a known <laughs> thing. <laughs> Never <laughs> forget when uh you asked a player at Just a bar kidding. one night what uh what tape you <laughs> what tape they use. An unnamed yeah. player. Yeah, a player who shall remain anonymous. <laughs> I mean, this is all pure, just like me bullshitting, brother. I know. Okay. I know. Uh, Jared said, Felix, if you were the Ducks GM in 2019, would you pick Zegers or Caulfield at ninth? And what number would Caulfield wear for Anaheim? <laughs> that is honestly a hard one for me because both players are really good, but they're different. They're really good in completely different ways. That being said, it's Cole Caulfield, number 22. Uh, no, it's Trevor Zegers. Uh, that was just for you, though. Uh, Tenacious G85 said, two parts, Aikens is surely gone at the end of the season. What's the minimum the Ducks have to achieve next season to prevent uh, Verbeek coming under pressure? And then adding on to that, how many years does Verbeek have to get the Ducks in the playoffs before he gets punted? Well, we don't know his actual contract length, do we? No. I think and- it's a. I think it's a long window. I think that yeah. this, like, just... I think when you think of a GM and pressure, you think of ownership. And I think the Samuelis have the long game in mind and honestly like i think five years is is seems right yep uh i would say i would agree with that i think that he had i think five years to contention is what he has. like five years from like where they are now to being a, a, you contender. Know, a, a competitive contending team yeah uh key matt uh 15 said verbeek talked about young teams needing more time to mesh and get going other than mctavish have you seen any signs that this team might be taking steps in the right direction and improving I think what's hard about this kind of question in terms of the development aspect is that there's there aren't really that many youngsters on this in this lineup right now. Mm-hmm. So outside of him, I mean, I guess Brett Leeson. Like the fact that Brett Leeson and Max Jones have at times been part of a good line is a good sign, I would say. Um, Colton White has been solid. Yeah, but man, it is it's it's slim pickings. Yeah. All right, we finally made it through. Final question oh, from Discord. God. 45 minutes in. <laughs> After uh, letting it simmer for a few hours, can we get your reaction to late arrivals trading Lou to crash the pond for a Twix bar? Let me be clear. It was a left Twix, not not a right Twix, and it wasn't two Twix. It was a left Twix and a Snickers bar. Kevin Weeks told us to keep an eye, eye emoji on this. I um, legitimately, like, that... I was. I must have not been around when these jokes were made. So this, I just, this happened I today. I didn't understand any of that. Uh, I made a trade because Lou got mad at the late arrivals Twitter account, and he asked for a trade. Okay. I gave in and said I would trade them a Snickers. 
the late arrival crew uh, made a hard bargain and asked for a Twix. I said I'd give them a left Twix. I don't understand. What is this left Twix, right Twix situation? A l- right Twix is better, but I think Lou what? at this point. There's a, different it- types of Twix? No, there's not. It's a joke. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> and and Lou is now invoking his no movement clause, so okay. Lou is not coming. Okay. He, he's Evgeny Dadanoving us. <laughs> well, Evgeny Dadanov, like, they just didn't respect his no move clause. I mean, they tried to not respect Lou's no move clause. Yeah, fair. There we go. There, okay. There's some some crash the pond uh, inside jokes for everyone. That went uh, over so far over my head, but it's all okay. right. Here we go. The holiday. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or friends in your pants or the friends in your pants. You can make a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have all the pe- have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using the code CTP for free shipping and 20% off. So, Felix, the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season the platinum package has each product from the best-selling performance package plus ultra premium body wash ultra premium two-in-one shampoo plus conditioner and ultra premium deodorant it's the best way to smell fresh from your santa hat to your candy cane the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence plus both are waterproof so there's no issue cleaning the snow out of your driveway and there's also a 4,000K, or 4,000K LED light on it so you can light the way like Rudolph. Hey, that's me. Uh, now that you've groomed candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package shower, Package shower products. All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop in the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they ta- touch your sack, You'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, and in, uh, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy uh, and a lot cleaner than the old loofah. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CTP. Manscaped. Get your jingle jingle balls ready for the holidays. Oh my god, that, that was, was a good amazing. One. That, that was, was amazing. a good one. Okay, check them out, please. Help us out. Help us out. Get get yourself some manscape product. Get, get yourself. Get your friend. Get your uh, get your husband. Get your wife. Get any anyone can use manscaped. Honestly, the trimmer alone is worth it. Like just get the trimmer, if nothing else. Okay, enough of that. Let's move on. Let's Twitter? move on. I have the Twitter questions. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go Twitter. Okay. Let's do And then, let's and then YouTube, Twitch. This might be longer than we had planned, but you know what? Screw it. Wow. Are we doing screw it? Are, yeah, we, we, are, are we going over an hour? We're going over an hour, I think. I don't I don't think that we can get through these questions and not go over an hour. So Nope, because I have DMs also. Oh, great. Leak, yeah. Leak the DMs. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go. Let's do this. This question from Juan Estrada asking... 
When are they firing the coach if it's even worth it during this lost season? I think we've touched on this already, but I really don't, I just don't see a firing happening unless there is this kind of like a candidate that is truly going to be around and not just a placeholder. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I feel that's like right. you, I feel like you might. Oh, I was I feel like you might disagree, but no, I I think that I think that's fair. I mean, I think that that's like the safe answer. I do think though that like it's just getting so bad. Like they are lo- they are getting trounced over and over. But I still I just don't see Paver be pulling the trigger um, unless unless something changes there. Okay. Um, next question here. From Dalton Keys asking, will the Ducks ever score a goal again? And I was looking at the scores here uh, while pulling up that question. But the Ducks have been shut out in two consecutive games, I believe. So, yeah, they scored once against San Jose. So, yes, they will score again. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, their power play is good. They will yeah. score a goal again. They okay. should. Uh, Kyle asking, Ducks are following the Avs playbook. Tank for a superstar. Then years later, win the cup. I don't think that this was a playbook decision. Like no. this, this, this. I don't think the Ducks ever intended to be this bad this season, or even be one of these like bottom feeding. Dal- Dalton in our Twitch chat, by the way, said huge if true on your answer that they're going to score another goal. <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I can see why you might be skeptical, but, but yeah. yes, they, they will. But okay. yeah, I, I don't think this was necessarily part of the playbook. I think that they're, I don't think they're bad on purpose this year. No. Uh, this question from Eric asks, at what point can we start to see some of the young guys? Your your uh, response. It should be now. Like we should be seeing like, like we should see Braden, Braden Tracy. We should see Jacob Pro. Like now is the time for that to happen. Yeah, I. I think that that that's where we're at. I mean, even Bo grew, if you want to go to the, I mean, I, I just, any veteran in the bottom six at this point is just kind of in the way of yeah. finding out what you have in some of these young players. Yep. So it's a good question. Hopefully it happens sooner and later. Honestly, that would make the season just more interesting too. Yep. Like if, just see what these guys are. Yep. Uh, Nick asks, is this rock bottom? It probably is. It is there like is it. there lower? It can't... Although it like Friday's game against the Sharks felt like rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, that was that was ugly. So um, and it, and it's just gotten worse. So who knows? Rock bottom may not exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a black hole. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Data Dog asks, "Do you think Thrun slash Lacombe will sign with the Ducks? Seems like they're doing decently well with their college teams. I believe." they'll see the current state of the Ducks as more of an obstacle rather than an opportunity. I think the obstacle is the fact that they have so many defensemen. In the I'm still unsure about Thrun yeah. in terms of if he's actually a free agent this summer or not. There's still oh. some question there. I still don't have clarity. <laughs> I've tried looking it up. Well, I think the way Paverbeek talks about it... It sounds like he is. ...would indicate that like he is going to be that. So I would, I would use that as evidence, albeit kind of flawed. Yeah, I. It's gonna be interesting because if you're those guys and you want opportunity right away, maybe you say the Ducks have so many D men in the pipeline that it's gonna be harder. But at the same time, I would say that these guys are coming out of college. They're they're not. I don't think they're going to the a, the AHL. Maybe they will for a bit, but they're most likely going straight to the NHL. Maybe that's a little bullish. Maybe. So, 
I think there is an opportunity for these guys to make an impact as soon as next season. Like the bar is so low. Yeah. The bar is on the floor here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Joel asks, should the Ducks fire Akins and hire Timu, Pole Montreal? So I don't think firing Akins and hiring Timu is akin to what the Canadians did. No, because Timu hasn't coached at all. Well, neither did, did Marty St. Louis. But, the but Marty St. Louis had done like some skills coaching, had coached some things at lower levels. Like Yeah, get, like, well, also, like, Marty St. Louis just isn't like just a famous former Canadian. Like he's he was really out of left field. Timu is like kind of a low hanging fruit almost to me. I just I, I don't know what in what world is Timu Solani a good coach for this team. No, I don't think so. Like I say this respectfully to the soon to be uh, have his number retired uh, or did he already have his number retired in Winnipeg? He did. I still deserve it. Deservedly so. Um, well stop. deserved. Stop. One of the greatest goal scorers ever oh. seen. Respectfully, I say this with all due respect, but Timu Solani has had some rough takes in the last couple of years uh, that he's aired on Twitter. And and that's what we love about him is that he he kind of shoots from the hip. But some of his takes make me wonder like how he would fare either as an executive or a coach. So, mm-hmm. yep. Reservation there. Okay. Uh, I This is... I don't know if this is something that might be offensive, this screen name. The Angels give me something, something. So I'm just... Not going to read it, but okay. this person asks, what will the Ducks... Oh, this they already asked this. What will the Ducks' top six D-men and top six forwards be for the 25-26 season? There we already is. got to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defend the Nest, uh, great site, check them out, asks, when, does the, John. Pain, when does the pain end? Uh, uh, draft night. Draft yeah. night. Yeah, there you go. That it, that it for your replies? Because I've got some and I've got DMs. Yes, yes. All right, so let's start with my DMs, uh, and then we're going to get to Twitch and YouTube. This comes from our good friend, Tony. Shout out to Tony. Uh, question for the pod. Would you trade Gibson and Comtois to Buffalo for Skinner and one of their top prospects or first-round pick? Comtois who? Uh, and Gibson. Oof. My thoughts for Buffalo is they need a goalie for now in the next couple of years while their prospects develop. They get out of Skinner's deal, and they have a very deep prospect pool to spare. Thoughts for the Ducks is they get out of Gibson's contract, even though they get Skinner's. They get Gibson to a uh, quote-unquote contender in the next season and clears room for Dostal and Stolarz 1A, 1B, and the Ducks get another good young prospect or first-rounder. Oh, hold, hold on. Is there a pick coming back to the Ducks in this deal? Yeah, top prospect or first-round pick. I don't see either of these teams making this deal. I don't either. I don't think it – like, I'm sorry. You know, I, I could see the lo- like some of the logic you're laying out, but – I just don't think this makes sense for anybody involved. <laughs> 91, our good friend Connor says, Comtois and Gibson for power and a first. Thanks, guys. Well, I mean, I could, I get the rationale of the swapping of the contracts, but I don't think you get any further downfield by doing that for either side. Like, if I, anything, if anything, Skinner makes things kind of worse for the Ducks from a cap. Like, he does make things worse. Like, well, you're that's, better off that, with Gibson's contract than that, Skinner's contract. That's the point, though, is that you're getting the the pick back. You're getting a much higher. But are the value but are the pick. Sabers really giving up a first round pick? Probably not. It's just an idea. I mean, you, hey, okay, I'll say this: if you can get a first round pick. Then maybe, 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 maybe. Okay. Yeah. Although it does feel like a light return for Gibson because it's basically you're swapping salaries. Yeah. So I mean, you're not even swapping. Like you're taking on a worse contract. Yeah. Like Jeff Skinner is 30 and he's got six, five years left at $9 million a year. Yeah. Even Wilder Wing asked, said, question for the pod. 
Will Anaheim finish the season over or under 2.8 regulation wins? <laughs> I'm, I'm going over. with. I'm going with over. I'm going with over. If, if you would have said if you would have said it at five, then I might have to think about it. <laughs> Let's just do it over under five and a half. What is the record? What is I have the, no idea. What is the lowest amount of regulation wins in a season? <laughs> no idea. I mean, they have one through thirty games. What is that on pace for? Like three, yeah. roughly. I'm, I'm going, going under. I'm, I'm, I'm going, going under. under. I'm going under five and a half. <laughs> I'm going under. <laughs> oh man, uh, Trevor, our good friend Trevor Zebris uh, said uh, two questions for the pod. I think it was Jeff Merrick who said the value of Brock Besser is very low now. The return would likely be a second or third round pick. Would you like to see the Ducks check in on Brock Besser? And what are your guys' mock contracts for Zegras, Drysdale, Terry, and Comtois? Oh my God, Brock Besser's stats are so bad this season. <laughs> yeah. No, no more Brock Besser talk, please. No please. more Brock Besser talk. No. Uh, let's see. I and, am very quickly just gonna look up what those. It was Drysdale, uh, Terry. Yeah. Zegras, and then what was the third one I said? Um, I don't know. Uh, Comtois. What those guys are going to make. So let's see what Evolving Wild is just project- projecting right now. Yeah. So their projection for Zegris is seven times 6.8. Yeah. Which Terry, I feel like that, that's based off of last season. So. Okay. Terry yeah. is four times five and a half. <sighs> There's no way he's getting that. I think he's getting more. Drysdale is six times five. I think Drysdale's is the only one where I feel like that's where it'll land. I feel like Zegris and Terry are getting more. Yeah. And then uh, Comtois is at 2 times 2.3. Isn't that like the same as what he's on now? Pretty much. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's a good good living. Yeah, not too bad. Couple Uh, mil. Let's see. And then I got some stuff. uh, Jason uh, said, is Verbeek really the right guy? It's too early to know. I think Verbeek has... He's got some pock marks so far, but they're so minor and yeah. he's got he's gotten the big stuff right. I think honestly the only truly objectionable decision and I do think that there's an ownership influence on that decision was to bring back Dallas Higgins. Yeah. Benny asks us given long-term athlete development, physical, tactical and uh, uh spans physical, tactical and technical elements, what would it take for management to be happy in the current season of poor team results? With respect to the current uh, coaching staff, given the fans uh, having knives out. What would it take for management to be happy? Yeah. Well, are we assuming that they're unhappy now? Like, they can't be happy, right? No, I don't think they're happy. I don't think that they're, like, storming, you know... (laughs) I almost made a bad reference. I don't don't think that they're... They have pitchforks and knives or anything. I, I just... Like, I don't think that they're thrilled, but I also don't think that they're pissed that they might get Connor Bedard or Matvey Michkov or whoever. I think that they just want to see this team compete. They want to see this team show some effort, show, like, Haverbeek probably said it at least five times on the beaker, but he almost said, or, or he kept saying, you know, that I want it to be tough to play against. Right now, the Ducks are the easiest team to play, play against in the NHL by any, yeah. by any metric. So... That's what would make it a success at this point is that this team can at least show that it that it can make it life a little difficult on, on the other team. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm now on the Crash Spawn Twitter. That that Twitter account's not that Twitter name's not bad. Okay, I don't know. I just I played I played <laughs> do you, it safe. Do you know what GERD is? 
No, I don't. It's acid reflux. Okay, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> the, you know? the, the, the Twitter account is the angels give me GERD. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> I just, you know, don't want us to get us in hot water with, uh, with the, with the Wait, authorities. Wait, I tuned out. You made a joke about Jan 6th? No, I almost did. I, <laughs> oh, I stopped myself short. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a laughing matter, but just <laughs> almost, uh, almost dead. Uh Kevin Graham in our uh on Should we our... should we rename our our podcast Storm the Pond? <laughs> oh my <laughs> I don't know if that's a cancelable joke. I'm not sure. Oh anyway. Uh, Klingberg and a third round pick to Toronto for a first round pick and Nick Robertson. I don't think Toronto does that. No. Klingberg <laughs> is not getting a, a well thought of prospect at this point. No. I don't know what Lewis is asking what's going on. And I have no idea. All right, let's get to questions from Twitch. I'm going to try to find, we had some early on ones that I'm trying to get. To. Uh, Fat Geralt said question for the end of the episode, what's your favorite Mexican food? And Burrito. if you had questions earlier, uh, please throw them in. If I've gotten to them, all, uh, I'll try to get to all of them. We're burrito? actually just over an hour. Yeah. We're, we're pretty we're good. good we're in good shape. Uh, I'm going burrito. This is a very, you know, kind of plain Jane answer but i do love a great california burrito it's something i dearly miss from living in southern california but give me a california burrito yeah yeah i'm gonna go with a burrito wet burrito and and you were so mm. close you were so close to having a good response there <laughs> lauren h said uh wet burritos question. aren't burritos no yeah, that's just wrong but whatever <laughs> uh should we still have hope for the ducks uh for fun times in duck land to come can we only go up from here? Feels like we've hit an all-time low, and it's hard to stay positive. I, I really think that we're going to get to a point where it's going to be like at the end of the the pandemic season where it's going to be just about trying stuff. I hope. It's, it's going to happen at some point, and then it'll be fun again. I hope. I was we're, trying to think of an all-time I, I legit low still think they're trying to win these games. Like, they're yeah. legitimately playing to eke out points. Yeah. And so I'm seeing the ones that are first-time chats because they're easy to find. Throwing questions, though, so... Uh, so I can find them. Uh, Math Bernier ten fifteen said, "Hi guys, do you think Dostal will be the backup goaltender next season?" Well, do we think Stolarz is gone? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think that. So, what is what is Lucas Dostal's uh, contract status? I think I think he's a backup next year. I say yes. He's an RFA. He has to come back, and Stolarz is a UFA. Yeah, I think the the safe logical answer is that Dostal is back. Also, yeah. Callie Klang at some point is you, probably going to come probably over. He'll probably be the AHL goalie. Yeah, so I think it just makes sense. And I mean, Dostal's look good. Like every time he's come up, he's looked fine. And yes, yeah. there are good burritos in NorCal. I said no good. There's I don't think there are good California burritos. At least I haven't found them yet. If yeah. someone if someone wants to point me to a great Cali burrito in the Bay Area, I will I will sing your praises. Uh, let's see. All right. Now I'm going to bump pop into YouTube. Uh, Curtis said, can you perhaps touch on the team speed in his opinion, the puck watching slash standstill system in our D zone is nerfing any ability to break the puck out with uh, when the opposition is already skating and closing gaps. Yeah. I think it's really hard to get turnovers, get on the rush when you're just letting the play come to you or you're just constantly getting lost in, in, in your coverage. So, 
any speed that this team might have, it, they just it's kind of like what we were talking about with Klingberg in the beginning of the pod. It, it's hard to see what these guys can do when they are just never able to do it. Yep. Uh, Andrew Vega said, question with the standings thrown out the window. Why is the team so committed to keep us uh, uh, to keep stifling our young talent and not putting our best trade bait in a position to succeed? Uh, who are we talking about here? Yeah, I actually think the trade bait portion they have put in positions to succeed. The stifling young talent, I think that is a very fair point about McTavish specifically. I think we are at the point with McTavish where I don't think playing with Max Jones and Brett, like, why he doesn't need to learn how to play with grinders. No. What he needs it to does learn. does nothing for him. He needs to learn how to play with, with higher skilled guys and, like, you might argue that Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano aren't higher skilled guys right now, the way they played. Up, call up Braden Tracy and, and Jacob Perot. I think ideally you get, I mean, that would be fun. Like that would be yeah. really fun. But if you're just sticking to who's on on the roster right now, like get him on a line with Contoir and Vetrano or put Strom at the wing with him. You can play around with that. I just think that Leeson and, and Jones are just not the kind of players he projects to play with longer term. He's already shown that he can elevate them. So, like, just move on to the next thing. It's time. Yeah. Nick asks, was this a low-key plan by Verbeek to be this bad to get the best odds at Bedard? Uh, only thing that makes sense seeing as Aiken still has a job. I don't well, think so. I think I think now that this is where they're at, they're not yeah. going to mess with it. Yeah. I, I think if this was, like, the plan, then he wouldn't have gone out and signed Ryan Strom to that contract. Like, he wouldn't yeah. have signed, like, John Klingberg to that deal. He would have filled the spots with with the Jack Johnsons of the world, those types of guys. Picture if this team had Jack Johnson right now instead of John Klingberg. I mean, are we sure Jack Johnson's been that much worse than than John Klingberg this season? Yeah, Pro- I think probably. so. Probably. Yeah. Well, I, I think Klingberg, you can maybe still say, oh, the, you're tanking because it's a one-year deal and you can trade him, blah, blah, blah. But no, the Strom deal just flies in the face of this whole tanking idea to me. Yep, agreed. Uh, JB said, question, do you think Dallas Aiken's job may, may be at stake if there's too much of a losing culture being created for the young guys? Well, I think this, that's the only reason why yeah. his job might be on the line. But I, I, I think you brought it up earlier. I think the tough part right now is what do you do if you fire Aikens? Like, I don't think Stuthers... To, to, like, to what end? Yeah. Stuthers, I don't think, changes anything. I don't think you want to call up the, the AHL coaches. Like, I, I think the only reason why you would fire him is if the coach that you want is available right now. And I'm not sure if that person is there right now for him. I, I think he yeah. would have to wait for the off season to see if he can interview. Cause if there's a guy, for instance, that is an assistant coach, like let's just say out of like for pure speculation purposes, Andrew Burnett, why would Andrew Burnett leave the devils who are in a really good spot? And he has a chance to go on a deep run with them as an assistant coach. Why would he leave that right now at this point? I think earlier in the season, maybe you could make an argument with turning things around, but I think right now, I, I don't really see a great argument for him doing that as compared to just waiting for the offseason. Yeah, I mean, there is something, though, to just having that having Having, that the, secure, having the job security. Yeah, having that in hand. That's fair. The money's in your face. I get it. Um, I think, though, that one Money's thing I was, fair. One thing, I was gonna, said that. one thing I was going to bring up is that Scott Niedermeyer was interviewed on mm. Sportsnet Radio the other day and he talked about how Dallas Aikens is great at being positive keeping yeah. guys kind of upbeat and as long if that is true and if, I would assume it's true and it continues to be true then I don't know if there's like truly this rotten culture in there so 
of course, that's coming from a team employee, right? Who's speaking publicly, so who knows yeah. how true it is? But I, I would, I don't think that that doesn't seem like there's this big culture rot going on. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Felix said Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News uh, asked Akins how they could help young players deal with adversity. How would uh, both of us answer that question? How to let young players deal with adversity? I mean, let young players play through it. Like, mm-hmm. instead of punishing every time there's a mistake and you end up in the press box or in the minors or with less ice time, acknowledge the mistake, provide instruction, and then give the person another chance or multiple chances, especially now when things are just like, it doesn't do you any good to just be so afraid to make a mistake that you're not actually trying to, uh, you're not actually trying to, to fulfill or accomplish what you're being taught to do. You're just, yeah. you become so risk averse and that's, I a, mean, that's a bigger problem. I think a lot of people can relate to this, but I think the, the most, the lar- the biggest teaching moments in life are when you fail. Like yeah. that is when you have the most teachable moments. Those are when you can learn the most. And the thing is, I know this from kind of my own life experiences. When you fail and you're reprimanded for it, and then you're constantly looking over your shoulder, that does not set you up to have future success. No, it, it uh, just makes you resentful. True. And a good leader is able to take those mistakes, allow you to understand what's happened and now go out there and try to do it and not have that happen. And understand that there's not going to be repercussions for it. And, and you can learn from those mistakes. And, and it's such it's such an important thing in life to be able to learn from mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I know it's the NHL and it's a different level and you have to be good. But this team hasn't been good. This team so, is arguably not an NHL so team right now. <laughs> what harm does it, does it have to let these guys learn from their mistakes? Whether it is a guy on the roster right now, whether it's a guy in the AHL. And, and so... I think it's a really important thing of you let them learn from their mistakes and you play them instead of playing the Nathan Bullies of the world. Yeah. Like saying that learn, like learn from your mistakes is not meant to be this excuse to say, make all the mistakes you want. No, there has to be learning. And at a certain point, if you're no longer, if it's clear that the mis- playing through your mistakes isn't helping, then you go to other tactics. But Right now, the way the season is going, it just doesn't make sense anymore to be so draconian with. Yep, because there are. Okay. I think I yeah. think Akins is not letting that happen. And I think there's a lot of looking over their shoulder. And I think that's caused some of the trust issues on the ice well, where guys are trying to do too much and it's putting them in bad. Part spots. of it may be the direction that he's getting right. Like he's got a he's got one year left on his deal. He wants to look as good as he possibly can. And until management comes down and tells him, "Hey, we want you to start." This is how we want you to approach things. He's going to keep coaching the way that he thinks gives him the best chance at, at a point on any given night. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunate. And that, yep. and that's why I think the longer this goes, we need to, we need Pat Verbeek to, to intervene at some point. Yep. When we, we, we won't know that it will have happened, but I think it's important. All right. We got a couple more, so let's blitz through them. And then we will get on out of here. Hannah trainer said question. Do you think any players are safe from a trades or traders? Everyone on the table right now. I think Zegris, McTavish, Drysdale, Terry are probably the only safe names. Yeah. It's it's really unfortunate. I was thinking about this earlier that Drysdale is hurt. Yeah. Well, we had a question about that, kind of if this season would be going the way it is with Dry, if Drysdale I don't think – and I, I also thought about that. <laughs> I don't think Drysdale changes no. the trajectory here. I, I, I don't either. Uh, Rhett Flo said, what are the odds the two college guys sign? I'd put it at 50-50 that both of them sign. Yeah. 
Um, Michael B said, are there seriously no good burritos in NorCal? No, I answered that earlier. Oh, okay. Uh, 91 please said, where are we all going to celebrate messing and winning the world cup on Sunday? Man, I, I would prefer to see him win than, than France. Yes. I would agree with that. But no matter what, I'm happy. Hugo Lloris wins the world cup or Messi wins the world cup. Either way. Should have been Morocco. Nope. Winterborn said, are you mentally prepared for the fact that we are most likely landing one of Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson, or Mitch and or Mitchkov? Am I mentally prepared? Well, I guess or. Uh, I mean, that's a great outcome. It is? Yeah. I think Carlson seems to be a rung below those first three based just on point project projections. I haven't actually watched these guys super in depth to say, but... Yeah, this is a great outcome for the Ducks if they get one of those guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's going to be it for us. Well, did not think we'd get here. Um, yeah. Hour 13, Q&A. We put the question out. I was curious how long we were going to go on questions only, and man, yeah. you all delivered. People delivered. Thank you, guys. And... Yeah, if someone has a burrito recommendation for me, a California burrito recommendation in, in the Bay Area, please send it my way. Um, I'm dying out here. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the habit? It's fine. A, a new a new habit opened up by me, and it's right next to the Starbucks I usually go to. And every time I'm like, huh, that sounds kind of good, but I just never pull the trigger. It's fine. It's People have being blooded asked us, by the way, who's competitive first, the Ducks or the Goals? <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about the goals right now. Yeah, I couldn't either. <laughs> Nicolas Bruyard. Yeah. Um Yeah, the habit's fine. It's uninspiring. It's fine. It like it's a good burger. Yeah. I don't know. It's not anything I really ever crave, but it's not something where if someone suggests it, I'm like, you know. Yeah, they have good fries, good onion rings. Speaking of burgers, you know what I saw on TikTok the other day? <sighs> Have you heard of this getting a grilled cheese and adding a patty from Five Guys? Huh. No. And it becomes a grilled cheeseburger? What is the point of this? That it's cheap? No, it, it's Five Guys. It's not cheap. Let's be real. So it's it, like a $10 grilled cheese? It's the fact that it's better than their regular burgers because it's like it's a patty melt. Yeah. And they, they flip the bun over, and so it becomes crispier and kind of soaks in everything. Are we sure? Sorry, I keep yawning, by the way. Are we sure that Five Guys is bad? I've never said it's bad. I feel like that's what you were implying there. Okay. No, I'm just saying I saw this, and it looks interesting, and Five Guys is fine, but it's not something I ever crave either. I had a big Five Guys kick a few years ago. I remember. <laughs> I used to say that it was better we've, than in We've been doing this podcast for a long time. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was a... Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember when this was. Maybe it was a week or two ago. I was listening back to some of our old episodes from like 2017, <laughs> 2018. Man, the audio quality, the presentation has has come a long way from my <laughs> me, me using my phone like on the corner of my desk and, and me using uh, Skull Candy earbuds. <laughs> yeah, the the tech has come a, a long, long way. Um, anyway, I think I think that's all we have for today. Yeah, that's all I got. Thank you so much, by the way. We've had, I think it's hovering around 50 people or so in here for most of the show. And 
For a show in the middle of December, when the Ducks just lost back-to-back games without scoring a goal by a combined score of 10 nothing. Yeah. Um, this being one of our better, like, a really good performing show from a live perspective for us, really thankful for all of you. Yeah. And hey, tomorrow night, it's the Crash the Pond Bowl. Yeah. Oh, Can also it- on a non-normal night for us. I pr- should probably say that. The fact middle that it's a week. Wednesday, not a Monday. Yeah, well, people are excited for uh, people are excited for Habs Ducks tomorrow. They're lining up. Uh, Michael B saying in our chat that Habit is slightly better than In and Out. Oh nope 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 nope. Is a Habit burger better than the In and Out standard cheeseburger? Would you like to discuss what was thrown in Twitch? The Ducks rebrand rumor. Okay, okay. Do I want to mention it? Well, there there was a rumor, I want to emphasize rumor, that was put out on Twitter from Ali Murji, Murji, saying and this was the person who leaked all the, all the reverse retro His jerseys. His jersey info is really good. Yeah, so clearly that. has some kind of source at Adidas or something. The rumor was very vague. I mean, it was in the next few years, the Ducks are considering it, blah, 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 you know, they just it's just on them to pull the trigger like there was nothing really definitive about that but the rebrand would presumably center around a return to the original look uh but no eggplant and jade which is kind of what we like basically think reverse retro that we saw this season i have it on authority that there are no rebrand plans that is all no rebrand has been planned but we're talking about a long time horizon here. You know, for the next few years, anything can happen. So I'm not saying that uh, no, re- like a rebrand is impossible and that it's not going to happen, but there are no current plans of it. So make of that as you will. Uh, do you think Shake Shack burgers are a poor excuse for a burger? It's from Euphoric Lantern. They're fine. They're not great, but they're fine. They're, they're Yeah, they're fine. Like I, I had it for the first time over the summer and... I was happy with it. I think the biggest issue with Shake Shack is that their fries are just garbage. Oh, I actually like their fries more than their burger. <laughs> that is that is such a bad take. Their fries are legit like just microwave fries or frozen microwave fries. In-N-Out fries are vastly superior to uh, Shake Shack fries. Um, yeah, they're good. Someone bring up, or Winterborn bring up Culver's. Never heard of them. It's a like Midwest thing. It might not be Midwest. It's somewhere not in California. Storm the Pond Bowl. Oh, that is funny. Okay. All right. You want to wrap this thing up? Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, hope that things are going well with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming through with questions. And we will talk to you soon. We'll actually talk to you very soon because then our next pod is probably going to be next Monday. So you won't have to wait as long for the next one this time. Talk to yep. you then. Bye. Oh, wait, you didn't actually tell people where they could find us. Oh, Jesus. I am. Um, that's that's how frazzled my brain is. You're happy that I, or you're lucky I caught that. Keep it quick, though. Uh, if you want to support us, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond. Leave us a review on Apple. Check us out on Spotify and subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you need a gift idea, crash the slash shop. Find us on Twitter as well. Yep. On that note, good night. Bye.